Monday morning on rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network, uh, the leader of the National Party, David Littleproud, uh, joins us this morning on rural Queensland today. David, good morning. Firstly, uh, mate, if you're a Wallaby supporter, mate, beaten by Fiji last night, and I understand how important Fiji is in the Commonwealth, <laughs> but it couldn't get any worse for the Wallabies in the World Cup, beaten by Fiji <laughs> last night. I'm in mourning, no doubt you are, mate. Yeah, mate. Look, uh, look. The Wallabies are the Wallabies at the moment. They're in a, a pretty low spot. I think, uh, unfortunately, rugby in the country has taken a bit of a pounding over the last 100%. probably decade, to be honest. And you know, unfortunately, I think European rules have, have made the game a, a lot more technical rather than running. But uh, it is sad. Uh, where hopefully the Wallabies can turn that around, and we've sort of beat Wales. Yeah, I think in our pool. So yeah, that's... Uh, we've got. A, that's We've the got challenge. a fair ride to hoe at the moment, but yeah. uh, anyway, that's uh, that's Australian rugby. Yeah, and look, with the Lions in a prelim on Saturday and the Broncos in a prelim on Saturday, and then you see the Wallabies at a World Cup getting dusted, and, and you know, it, rugby has really fallen, and, and you're right, over the last 10 years. Can we just talk about the biggest burning issue, um, and that is the referendum. I, I am at a point now where I'm getting more angry and more angry because of not only the money that's being spent to campaign to try and force the point of view of the yes vote, but now we've got marches across the country. We've got celebrities who feel it's their social justice just to say yes without knowing the full facts. But yet if we talk to the Indigenous leaders, if we talk to different areas of the Indigenous population, they actually don't want this. Now, the devil's in the detail, David. Recognition is not something that we are all against. In fact, it's completely what everybody would like to see recognition in the Constitution. But the way they've gone about this and handled this, the Labor government, and it is the Labor government, it's Anthony Albanese and the Labor government that have done this, is nothing short of appalling. The divide that it is creating in everyday Australian friendships, families, workplace has never been greater, and it should never have happened. No, mate, look, uh, we've told Albanese on a number of occasions, don't go down the path of a voice. If it was about recognition, we could all get on with it and we could all help. Uh, but he ignored that. For a couple, there was only 250 Indigenous uh, people that went to Uluru, and apparently they're the ones that determine the intent, determine the change to our constitution. Normally what happens when you change a constitution, you have a constitutional convention where every Australian, because this convention, because the constitution belongs to all of us, gets to have a say. But apparently it's only 250 Indigenous Australians who went to Uluru get to have a say about the change and the intent of our of our constitution, which isn't isn't a democratic way of doing that. Uh, but he he conflated it with this voice, which isn't a new which isn't a new concept. We've had a representative body before. It was called ATSIC, and we live with the scars and the mistakes of that uh, in in regional rural Australia. And we just said to Albanese, make it about constitutional recognition. Don't make it the voice. Don't conflate the two, because we we don't believe a representative body works for rural and remote Australia in particular, which is where the disadvantage is. And we have we have closed the gap in many parts of this country. We shouldn't we shouldn't think we need to do this just because we we haven't closed the gap everywhere. Um, we have done a good job in some parts of the country, uh, but in others we haven't. But it's in the rural and remote areas that haven't closed the gap, and that's where a representative body won't work. Uh, and unfortunately, you've got all these corporates 
spending tens of millions of dollars. I'll have close to $100 million the yes case that they'll be spending. You'll be bombarded with ads of them, uh, which is all about the vibe. The ads are all about the vibe. I ask you to tell me what is the, in, what is the content of those ads. The ads don't go to any detail because there aren't any details about the mechanics of this apart from the fact that it's a representative body, the one we've had before. Albanese had every chance to, to table the legislation for the mechanics. Now, he, he, there's no way in the world he can sit there and say the parliament will decide. He will decide. He has a majority in the parliament. I mean, this is, this is nonsense for, for Albanese to say, oh, well, the parliament needs to decide this. There is no way in the world he does not have the details, the mechanics of how he wants this thing to operate because he is the government and therefore he should table that legislation so that not just politicians can see, but every Australian can see. But if he's not prepared to do that, if he's not prepared to bring the Australian people into his trust, then how can you trust Anthony Albanese? He, he, he has, has a model in his mind, but he's not prepared to tell you what it is. Uh, and he says, just trust me, let the parliament work it out and then hope that the, the, the high, high court actually interprets the intent of the referendum and what the parliament does in the right way. Uh, and if they don't, then you're stuck with it. So bad luck. And this is where um, it is risky, it's unknown, uh, and it is permanent. And unfortunately, Anthony Albanese was told this, just stick to, to recognition, but he wouldn't. Uh, no. And unfortunately, he divided the country and all that, all that he's managed to do in, in 16 months of government is divide the country and drive up your cost of living. I don't know whether or not he will win, I don't know whether or not he loses, but just say he loses, is his job untenable after that? Well, I think it's the beginning of the end, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, he's lost no matter whether it sneaks across the line or, or whether it goes down. He's divided the country. Unless this was a 60, 60 plus percent win for the yes, Anthony Albanese's lost. Uh, and the fact that all he's done is divide the country, I think uh, there, there will be the beginning of the end of Anthony Albanese, there'll be people uh, like Bill Shorten that'll start to, to start to, to cause trouble. And I, I suspect what you'll see is uh, it'll be uh, a lot of uncertainty in Canberra with, with Labor and there'll be a lot of backstabbing, a lot of, going, a lot, lot of uh, shenanigans going on because Albanese invested his leadership in this. And if you lose and you lose or you, you can't win it uh, decisively, then there's a lot of trouble for you. It's interesting, you know, in your talk like this, and I agree with you. I think that they are in real trouble as a government, the cost of living and everything you talked about. Can I just touch on, and I know you're busy on a Monday, the renewables issue, and I've been very, very clear on this, that I actually think there's a place for solar. I actually think there's a place for it, but in the right locations, under the right circumstances. Um, now, Robbie Catt is going to hold a, a nuclear power convention um, later this week. Um, which everybody shot down and laughed, but Matt Canavan's been a supporter of it in the past, and so is Barnaby, if I'm really honest with you. Um, the renewable issue around where they are ruling to their own. I mean, we've got an instance at the moment where there's solar farms getting a solar, 4,000 hectares of solar has being put up 70 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef. I mean, can't we seriously get some sort of legislation that that actually puts it in the right place they're under uh, under some sort of rules, not just a. If you put it up, you, you, you're clean to go. You can clear whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. But we we're going to support it. It is just laughable at the moment. Yeah, mate. Look, and and in fact, when I first became the nationals leader, I asked Anthony Albanese for a national energy summit so that we could plan this properly. 
we could get uh, the the mix right. And, and the Nationals have believed for over a decade that we should be uh, exploring nuclear energy. The reason we didn't do it when we got the last time is Liberals couldn't get there. Peter Dutton had the courage to, to agree with us, the Nats, and say, yep, I'm prepared to talk about nuclear and go down that pathway. Uh, so it just makes sense. It's zero emissions, and you can plug that in uh, and build them where existing coal-fired power stations are so you don't need new transmission lines. So it's not just about all the new solar panels and wind turbines. It's actually about having to plug them in, and there's 28,000 kilometres of new transmission lines that are required with it. So we said there's a place for renewables as well. I believe solar in particular should be where the concentration of power is required, which is where the concentration of population is, which is on people's rooftops in capital cities. Uh, and if you if you plug it in and you actually put it there, then you don't need to tear down prime agricultural land or, or remnant vegetation and achieving it. So there is places for renewables, but they're losing their social license because of the poor planning that's going on. Yep. So we, we've said for a long time, let's pause, let's plan. Uh, we've asked Albanese for Energy Summit. He won't do it because Chris Bowen believes that on this reckless race to 82% renewables by 2030, Jeez. which is which is just mind-boggling. And to put this in perspective, that is, that is uh, connecting 22,000 solar panels a day, 40 wind turbines a month. Now, between now and 2030, you can, you, there's not even the supply chain to actually achieve that. They can't, they can't make enough panels. They can't make enough turbines for us to do that. But Chris Bowen continues to go down that path, and what he's doing is he's tearing away investment confidence, not just in coal but in gas because you need firming energy. And this is where we're just saying you've got it wrong. You can still live up to international commitments, but Labor's net zero. They've effectively bought it from 2050 to 2030. We've got a long time, and we should invest in the new technology that continues to protect jobs. And you can still keep coal-fired power stations going under a coalition. It's called carbon capture storage and save with gas. And that's what we've said. Biden's investing $1.2 billion in carbon capture storage to reduce emissions but keeping traditional industries alive. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, this is where this is just madness. You don't need you don't need to to think that net zero is a nasty thing. We've got better chance than anyone to do it. We just have to use the technology that's available, which is carbon capture storage, a little bit of renewables, as well as nuclear, and meaning that we don't need to put in the new transmission lines. Says nearly a hundred billion dollars, and that is common sense. But unfortunately, Albanese and Bowen have left that at the door, and they're just going down this reckless path of a green utopia of renewables that, in fact, um, are going to cost you more, will be less reliable. And, in fact, I just we've also got an inquiry at the moment into renewables and, and and how they could operate because I've also got a big issue about what happens at end of life. And I'm yeah. really concerned about farmers getting left with this. They all go, oh, I've got a tight contract, but, but it's who's the contract with at the end. Where, in 20 years' yeah, time, what happens? It, yeah. it, it may not be an AGL, it may not be an Asiania at the end of it. It'll be a shelf company that has no assets. And in fact, you're left uh, with these big turbines. You have to decommission. At the moment, they're about, I think, one or the other day, I was told AGL had to decommission one near at Cooper's Gap. It cost them $750,000. So you've got, you've got 10 of those sitting on your property. Good luck in trying to decommission those if the company that you've got a contract with isn't worth two bob. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate.
Thanks for having me. Good on you, David Little Proud. We'll take a break. Come back this Monday morning, the 18th of September, across rural Queensland today. You're with Ben Dobbin on the Resonate Broadcast Network.